What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, We Too Deep. I don't know. I probably won't ever do that again. That's kind of that's kind that's kind of weird. But anyway, I promised you on Tuesday that I would do a special rant video. It was a segment that I was going to do on Tuesday, but we were sort of going pretty long over there with with our discussion, so I cut it out. We're gonna do it here. We'll save it for 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 this, and and this may be something that I do um, more regularly is we'll do the normal episode on Tuesday nights with me and wavy D. And then I may do a sort of supplemental episode sort of by myself um, sometime during the week um, to either add on to that conversation or to, to talk about something that, you know, I want to sort of do a rant on. So this is um, a wee too deep rant. And, and, and by the vid, by the title, you can tell, that this is on CM Punk and Flip Floppy fans. Also in this episode, um, because I am more of the NXT fan and in, in, in just our, in our duo of me and WVD, but also in the casual wrestling community and here on Junkyard Media Group, um, I'm the bigger NXT fan. It's my favorite brand of wrestling. Um, we have Vengeance Day this Sunday, and I want to go ahead and do my predictions. Um, for that episode of or, or that that event before that ple and so we'll do that here as well to um um to end the show but i want to go ahead and get into the sort of meat of of this conversation of cm punk in the in the flip floppy fans i posted sort of a, a text version of of this rant um, all over in the blog section at junkyardmediagroup.com if you want to check that out and read it. Um, but this one, I'm going to go, I'm going to expand a little bit more with it. And so what I want to first do is sort of go and we're going to hop into the wee too deep time machine here. And we're going to, to set the time back to towards the end of August of last year. It was all in. Uh, AEW All In in London, England. They're supposedly their biggest event they've ever done. It's supposed to be like the the biggest show in wrestling history. And and the events leading up to that weekend, right, where CM Punk gets into into London and there's no one there to pick him up for the company. He has to take public transportation to get to the hotel, and and um, basically being sabotaged right away from by um, these people in, in, in AEW led by Kenny Omega and, and, and the, the young bucks and, and Adam page and, and all of the, the sort of all the friends and all friends wrestling. Um, and, um, so that sort of starts the weekend. And then we, we get to the actual all in show and Jack Perry's on the pre-show and he goes into business for himself and, and jungle bitch or, or sorry, jungle boy. Uh, he 
he comes out. He he's on the pre-show where you know of all places he's on the pre-show. You know, he's not good enough to make the actual card, so he's on the pre-show and he comes out and he's and he comes in. He's doing his entrance and he's talking about real glass and he goes in the business for himself. And then the match ends and he goes he goes backstage and apparently an altercation between him and CM Punk happens. And all of these events lead to CM Punk being released in what is maybe the most idiotic move ever made in wrestling history. Um, Tony Khan releases CM Punk. Rather than turning this into a story, rather than trying to you know actually control his locker room, Tony Khan releases CM Punk from his AEW contract. And so at this point, this is when the rumors started to happen. Early September, late August of 2023, rumors start spreading. CM Punk will show up at Survivor Series in Chicago for WWE. And and I never once discredited the rumors. My question was, do we need him in WWE? And if he does show up, what is his point? What is his purpose? Where does he go? Obviously, he gets the WrestleMania match. After that, long-term thinking ahead, after the six-month run, the sort of honeymoon stage of having CM Punk back, what does he do? A lot of these people in the casual wrestling community and online who are sort of hardcore WWE fans maybe don't watch AEW all that much. And I'm not going to admit to be like I'm the biggest watcher of AEW because I'm not. Um but I've seen enough of CM Punk in AEW to understand that like he has no purpose being in the ring. He's slow. He's old. He's not the old CM Punk. I even thought he was overrated back in like 2013, but like 10 years have passed and he's older and he's, he's, you know, every time he gets in the ring, it seems like he gets hurt. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but so everyone, August, September of 2023 was like, oh, I can't wait for CM Punk to come back. The rumors start being pushed that he's coming back. And I don't care if he showed up or not. I really don't care. I, I'm not a defender of CM Punk. I'm not a hater of CM Punk. I, I, you know, I try not to talk about him because the last time I really talked about him in any way that was um, that was asking questions. Uh, you know, that was back in June of last year. I basically got blackballed from uh, TikTok's wrestling community um, for for asking questions, um, and and that's a whole spiel. You can you can go. Uh, I'm sure you can find the videos. Just search "We Too Deep" on uh, on TikTok. I'm sure you I'm sure you can find the videos of everyone sort of blackballing me from the community there. Um. Um. But don't really care about him. He's not my favorite. I don't necessarily care about him. Uh, I don't think it's as big as an acquisition, right? Because everyone's sort of argument going into this, especially on the casual side, when they look at it from a business perspective, and that's a great perspective to walk, to look at it from because it is a business. But their thing was, oh, he'll sell tickets. Well, tickets are already selling out, right? Every event leading up to Survivor Series from September till November were selling out. They were doing greater ticket numbers than merch was selling fine. LA Knight was the hottest star in the in the WWE at this time, right? Merch was selling fine. Tickets were selling fine. 
PLEs were selling fine. Um, Survivor Series of you know everyone sort of pushed. Oh, this will this will put people in seats at Survivors. And now Survivor Series had already sold out, and they had added seats, and were selling those pretty fine without CM Punk um, being in the company. Um, and so I and then we look after now that if we could sort of come to present day. I need to know there's physical evidence that CM Punk has added any financial benefit to the company, right? So we get to November, CM Punk shows up, right? And, and I'll admit, I'll be the first one to admit, I, I got a little hype when it happened because we went through that entire night, no CM Punk, right? No, no secret match, no... Right, he comes out at the very end of the card. They're getting ready to close the show out. Logo at the bottom. That typically means the end of the show plays, and then all of a sudden, look in my eyes. What do you see? The cult of personality. Right, cult of personality plays. CM Punk's back. We end the show with CM Punk. Right, and what a great way to end Survivor Series. But then we have this eight-week build till Royal Rumble. Where outside of the Madison Square Garden show against Dominic Mysterio at a at a uh, house show, CM Punk won't wrestle for eight weeks. We won't see him in the ring. His first match back is Royal Rumble, and he tears a tricep. And where I'm really getting at this at is is we had, what I really want to make that point is that everyone was trying to convince me that CM Punk was a a needed benefit to the WWE roster. That he was going to, you know, take it to the next level. Uh, uh, and and it, it was the first nail, or really the second nail, because Cody would have been the first nail, but the second nail in the coffin that is AEW, right? And and they tried to convince me of that, and that, that this was a much-needed thing for the business. It was best for business. And so we get to Royal Rumble, just this past weekend and CM Punk enters at what, like 27 and he comes in and he tears everybody down and, and and he does pretty well. And then he takes, uh, I think it was the DDT from uh, Drew McIntyre and he tears his tricep and he didn't look necessarily good outside of that. Right. And everyone can say, well, he was injured, blah, 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 this, that, and the other, but I've seen videos of him healthy training with NXT superstars and he's, he's slow. He's, he's stiff. He's not the same CM Punk. He was 10 years ago. He doesn't have the best performance and now he's injured and probably won't be back till SummerSlam, which pushes out this big WrestleMania match. Now we have, to, so my question is, Right. Was this a, was this actually a benefit? Because what, what what in the immediate reaction? Now some of these people have sort of, um, you know, as as the week has gone on this week, they sort of taken back what they said on on last Saturday. But as the event went on, the immediate reaction, which is typically what your actual thoughts are, because what tends to happen is you you have your immediate reaction that's your actual thoughts. And then people try to convince you other ways. And so you start hearing other people talk about it. Things start coming out and then you start to change your mind. But in the immediate reaction, the same fans, the same fans that tried to convince me that CM Punk 
was an added benefit to the to the WWE came back in the immediate reaction of of Royal Rumble and said, "Well, he's slow, he's old, and he may be injured, and he's not the same CM Punk. Maybe we overhyped him," which is all that I was saying all of the end of last year for about the last four months of 2023. I was saying, eh, CM Punk's not needed. He's old, slow, and he may be injured, right? And so I, my problem with the with the wrestling community, whether it's hardcore, casual, anybody, right, is people tend to overhype things, and they don't, and then they flip flop and they try to cover cover their asses. By saying, "Oh, I didn't say that," or, "Or that's not that's not what I mean." They they don't hold they don't stand on business, right? They they, they say one thing, and then they when they, they listen to other talking heads or other people who who give opinions, and they don't question it. They just immediately agree with that narrative, right? AEW fans do this a lot when when it comes to like the Tony Khan narrative. Whatever Tony Khan says, they they repeat, right? Um, and and so you know. Where are these fans now saying that CM Punk is a great asset to the WWE when he's when quite honestly, outside of the immediate T-shirt sale um, money, what has he really provided a benefit to in the, in the WWE? I'm not saying that he's he's a negative, but my entire thing that I said that they should do with him if he were to come back was to put him in NXT as in a trainer role with with very little. TV appearances, maybe on a SmackDown or maybe at a big event like WrestleMania, but put him on NXT, give him a faction, uh, make him the mouthpiece. He doesn't have to wrestle, but he's still very good on the mic. And, 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 and at the time I was, you know, I, I came, I have the faction already planned for you and you, they really started to put some of these pieces together um, where you have Braun, Breaker and Baron Corbin already tag team, and you have Dijak, you know, who's you know doing his thing. Um, and then you put them put them with CM Punk, and then maybe add the Cora Jade type uh female person in the faction, and you have an NXT faction now that's uh, right, and you name it the voiceless, and CM Punk is the mouthpiece or the voice of the voiceless. It's 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 super easy. Right, that's that's what I thought that they should do. You get Braun Breaker over, you get Corbin as sort of the vet with Dijak there, who's sort of the unhinged guy with Cora Jade um, as when those and so Braun and Cora basically are the two you really are working to get over, and you you build the youth because that's all CM Punk wanted in AEW. He wanted to build the youth movement. He wanted to teach them the business and how to how to get over and work the industry. Right. But that wasn't enough for for Tony Khan. He wanted to force him to be champion. His opinion wasn't good enough for people like Adam Page and and, and Jungle Bit Jungle Boy. Sorry, sorry, I um I mixed that up. I'm sorry, it's my fault. But Jungle Boy and and all of these people that that sort of didn't want to listen to him. They wanted to do their own thing. And CM Punk is is better in the trainer role at this point in in, in his career than he is in an actual entering thing so here's where i want to sort of end this part of the, the the show here is do we still need cm punk in ring 
Now, obviously, I think we need to get that one last match. And I think Survivor Series, I don't think it should happen there. I think Mania 41 and Minnesota, let them do one final sort of retirement match as the, the actual main event of, of WrestleMania. And, and, and as much as I would say let him go over or let, let him take the pin and, and go out on his, on his shoulders, um, going out on um, going out with his hands raised here is sort of the main event, the thing that sort of eluded him. I think that would be fantastic. It doesn't have to be a title match. I think it could just be, you know, ultimately, I really think it should be him and Cena. I think Cena, Cena should have two final matches in, in WWE. And that should be WrestleMania this year and or next WrestleMania 41 against CM Punk. And then um, his retirement match should be some match in TD Garden in Boston against Randy Orton where John Cena went, you know, goes out with his hands raised as the greatest wrestler of this generation. Um, potentially the greatest of all time. Um, but those should be his final two matches, CM Punk, and that should be CM Punk's retirement match, where CM Punk then, he wins that match and then goes over and puts over someone like a Braun Breaker as a, as a mouthpiece, right? Um, and then Cena's last match should be against Orton, where he wins and goes out on top that way. Um, and I think that also can set up, you know, you know, who's the, you know, a potential situation of, of having a feud with Orton and Cena, potentially if they want to do that for the record, but uh, Orton will need two more title runs to tie Cena. And then maybe um, who gets to 17 first, Orton could get his 16th title run, lose the title um maybe it gets vacated you know you'll have to do something creative to see who gets rec uh who breaks rick flair's record and gets to 17 um but that, that'd be interesting right that'd be interesting right um but that that's just me um but i really want to end this with with asking that question do we actually need cm punk in ring or can he just be a mouthpiece because even while he's hurt and rehabbing the the tricep as long like like even with the sling on he could come out and be a mouthpiece for somebody um and so that that's sort of what i hope ends up happening is that they make him a mouthpiece and and push him in that that kind of role and in, in the trainer role rather than the in-ring competitor um aspect of of the business um, but there's that's my rant. I, I, I just I'm so tired of flip floppy people, people who change their opinions because some someone tells them to like stand on business. If you believe if you believe one way. You know, I'm not saying you can't ever change your opinion if the facts line up to, you know, if you believe a lie and then you understand the truth, change your change your your belief. Absolutely. But if you're going to sit here and tell me that CM Punk's a great bit, a great thing, but then in the immediate uh the immediate response to his first match is that maybe I was wrong. You can't change your stand on business, dude. Stand on business, right? I I'm going to stand on business. You know, Omos should be United States champion and promote and, you know, push Omos the way that you're booking Obafemi should be how you book Omos, right? 
And I'm going to stand on that business because I, I honestly believe that. I'm not going to change my opinion because I'm the only one who believes that. Um, You know, if you believe CM Punk is a great asset, stand on that business. Don't, don't, right? And see, what, what they do is they, they change their mind. And then when they realize that maybe they were wrong in changing their mind, they backtrack, right? And so I'm not a big fan of that. Um, you say what you said, you gotta, you gotta eat it, man. And I don't know. I don't know. What do y'all think? What do y'all think? Uh, but let's end this with, uh, let's end this with, um, vengeance day, uh, predictions for this Sunday as we have taken place from Clarksville, Tennessee, Sunday, the uh, February the 4th, live on Peacock. So we'll start with this first match. And that is the match that was added this, uh, this episode of NXT on Tuesday. A no DQ match between Joe Gacy and, uh, and Dijak. I really don't know where this is going. Both of these guys typically lose these feuds like this in these big PLE matches. And so with it being no DQ, maybe we get a, 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 a return. Maybe we get something that happens uh, that helps. I'm going Joe Gacy here because Dijak's typically the type of person who, who puts people over like this. Um, so I'm going to go and say Joe Gacy's going to get this win. And, and this is going to be a wonderful match. Dijak does these no DQ sort of extreme matches very well. So does Joe Gacy. Um, we then go into the Dusty Rhodes finals uh, to see who wins the Dusty Classic between Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker and then facing Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Um, there's obviously going to be a story here. I think Braun and Baron are going to win because that then sets up the Carmelo Hayes turn um, at some point in the night on Trick Williams. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I do think Baron and Braun win the, the Dusty Rhodes Classic. We then have a mixed six-man tag team between the family, which is Tony D'Angelo, Stax Lorenzo, and Adriana Rizzo versus OTM, Bronco Nima, Lucian Price, and Jada Parker. <laughs> um, my girl. My girl, Jada Parker. I want Altima to win this. I really do. I think... Um, I really wish this was a tag match and OTM could become tag champions. Um, But I'm fine with this. I think this is going to be a really good event. A whole good match, excuse me. Um, I think it's going to be a very good match. I think, um, I mean, we, we know what Lorenzo and, and D'Angelo can do. We know what Nima and Price can do. I think this is really going to be where we see a breakout of, of Jada Parker. And I really want to see more so of what Adriana Rizzo can do um, in the ring. As we haven't really seen her much, she can talk. She's a very good talker. Um, I want to see what she can do in, in the ring. And, and that'll be a very interesting match. This could be a, a sleeper for, like, best match of the night. We then have a North American Championship match between Oba, Femi, and Dragon Lee. Oba's winning, without a doubt, winning this match. Um, without a doubt, Oba, Femi wins this match. Um, and 
I'm all for that. Obafemi's being booked the way Omar should have been. I'm I'm a hundred percent for this way they're booking Obafem. He's he's a beast. We then have the NXT women's championship match between Lyra Valkyria and Roxanne Perez. Um God, I hope Roxanne doesn't win. We don't need her as champion again. Move her up to the main roster and let's move on with this thing. What what, what I liked about NXT, what I really liked, about, what I really did like about NXT is that you it, it became a situation where you you earned the right to be on TV in the training center in the performance center, right? You earned the right to make it on TV. You got over on TV. You either were so over that you didn't need a title and you automatically got called up. Or you became champion, you had a championship run, and at the end of that championship run, you you put someone else over, you left NXT on your shoulders, and you went to the the Raw or SmackDown, right? And 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 I wish that they would do this more. Like there's people like Breaker and Perez and Gigi Dolan and 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 stuff like that who are just sort of being recycled in different ways, where they could just be pushed to the main roster, and and you know, Carmelo, right? And Carmelo's probably done after this. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I just, I, I'm so tired of seeing Roxanne Perez in NXT. I don't think she needs to be there. Lyra Valkyria is going to win. I do believe so. My question is how does Tatum Paxley get involved in this? I think we could potentially see a Lyra versus Tatum feud coming out of this. Um, that, that would be interesting to see but i do think lyra valkyria retains and then what's definitely going to be the main event will be the nxt championship match between Ilya dragunov and trick williams and wwe nxt Shawn michaels if you do not put the title on trick williams i don't know how the crowd will react trick williams has to win this match trick williams wins and then set up the carmelo turn and then have that feud um, at Stand and Deliver, Trick Williams versus Carmelo Hayes for the title, and then Carmelo Carmelo obviously will lose that. Though with the way Trick is getting over, part of me wonders, do they put him on SmackDown? Do they put him on SmackDown or Raw because Trick Williams is that over? Trick Williams is the most over superstar, and this is going to be a hot take. Trick Williams is the most over superstar in the entire WWE roster. He's the biggest baby face on the on the roster, and he's he's organic, right? He didn't. It, like, so what I what I mean by that is like I have this opinion that like some of these baby faces that that WWE has, whether it be LA Knight, whether it be Jay Uso, whether it be Cody Rhodes, a lot of them got to the status where they're at because they were placed into a position against Roman Reigns where people cheered for them because not necessarily because they liked them, but because that they, that they wanted to see Roman lose. Now, Jay Uso has been able to keep some of that momentum. LA Knight, not so much. Sami Zayn, not so much. Cody Rhodes has a little bit more um, nuance to hit to, to why people like him than just being a, the ant, the guy that went against Roman. But for the most part, a lot of the big baby faces in the company were made out of the Roman Reigns feud except for trick Williams, right? Trick Williams has gotten himself over. Um, people love him. Um, and, and he is, he has superstar, like, like potential. Um, and if they don't make him champion on, on Sunday, 
it would be a, a great mistake. Um, you, you got you got to bite the bullet when it's hot, man. You got to shoot when it's hot. Um, and and you got to do it this Sunday. Set up the match at Stand and Deliver with him and Carmelo. Carmelo comes out maybe to congratulate him, right? And then turn on. We've seen it before, but that's what wrestling is. It's just a recycling of stories, right? With different characters, right? We know what's we. I, I tend to think I know what's going to happen. Trick wins. Carmelo comes out to give him a hug and congratulate him, and then turns on Trick Williams. And now we have the new feud for Stand and Deliver, right? I think Dragonoff, um, you know, may um uh, may go to the main roster as well. That's that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think he's going to be set up for Bash at Berlin. I honestly think that he's going to have a a, a match at Bash at Berlin against Gunther for the IC title. I, I honestly that's the play that I think they need to do. Um but with that, um that is my NXT review for Vengeance Day as well as my CM Punk flip-flop rant video that I promised you. Let me know what y'all think, and I will see you all on Tuesday. Um, and I think what's going to be fun, I don't know, I haven't come up with a topic yet, but more than likely it's, we're, we're I may have me and, and Wavy D. Uh, yeah, we'll actually settle on this right now. We're going to compare WrestleMania cards, what we have right now. Um, and going into you know out of royal rumble going into elimination chamber what do we think the royal rumble cards look like what do we think the stories could be going into it and and with that um situation um and and what we think with you know is cm punk actually injured is he going to be in a match what do we think about all of that stuff right and so um we're, yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll go ahead and, and compare WrestleMania cards on Tuesday's episode. And if you guys want any sort of questions answered, go join the Discord. Again, you could find all of the podcasts here at the Junkyard Media Group at junkyardmediagroup.com. Merch is in the link in the description. And until Tuesday, y'all have a great rest of your week. Brother, I'm Cause